Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. Sounds good. I'll go ahead and launch into it then. Hey, this is Lisa, and if you want to, you can catch up with me on Twitter at ILTM Podcast. I also have an Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we've got a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash I Love That Movie, and I want to take a second to thank our top patrons on there, and they are Chris Balga, Jeff Widman, Michael Cross, and Joseph George. Thank you, guys. Uh, we really appreciate your support in the show. Of course, this show is free. If you do sign up for the Patreon, you get a bonus episode of, like, my weekly roundup of all things uh, entertainment. Uh, we've also got a Teespring, so if you want any I Love That Movie swag, you can find it on there. We have a Discord group and a Facebook group, so you guys can uh, chat with your fellow movie lovers. And my only rule in both places is just, you know, keep keep it uh, positive. Let's not negatively talk about movies because this is a positive podcast um, and if you liked what you heard today please subscribe and rate the show because it helps new listeners find us and really quick plug um coming up at all con we will have two podcasts so the first one is going to be march 12th at 11 a.m we're going to cover the creature from the black lagoon and then on the 14th at 11 a.m so saturday at 11 a.m we're going to talk about the movie them and in both cases, it's going to be a live recorded um, episode with Michael Cross and Christopher R. Mim, who you've heard many times on the podcast. And yeah, so that's going to be really exciting. I hope to see you guys there. Uh, I have a, a returning guest, um, Matthew Malice from the Polyhedron podcast. Say hi, Matthew. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, Matthew, you were on our Aliens episode, which was live at DragonCon. Yes, I was. Uh, that was a fantastic time. I enjoyed uh, talking about that movie immensely. Me too. Um, and if people have not heard that episode or heard you before, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello. Like you said, my name is Matthew Malice. I am the co-host, producer, editor, that guy for the Polyhedron podcast, <laughs> <laughs> which is... awesome. Which is a podcast for role playing, uh, for role players of all stripes and sizes and, and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, uh, we talk about role playing games, mostly tabletop stuff. But uh, we we just recently had our hundredth episode, and wow, we are congratulations! Yes, um, going three years, four years strong now. So uh, we're we're keep on keeping on, and it's super great. Um, have had, we've had, we're having a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, uh, Matthew, our guest always chooses the movie. <laughs> so what movie did you select today? Well, I picked something actually fairly recent. Um, audience <laughs> out there, you may have already heard of it. Um, it is by that lovely director, Taika Waititi, that is Jojo Rabbit. 
Yeah, so it's not often that we cover a movie that's still in theaters. I think this might be a first, actually. (laughs) So this is kind of exciting. I'm glad you picked this one. Um, I think, you know, we were talking about a little bit before we started recording that there's kind of a lot to unpack. So I will skip the first question about when you saw it. I'm (laughs) assuming you saw this in theaters, as as did I. (laughs) Yep. Um, And so, you know, it's actually up for best picture. Yeah. Um... Yes. I can kind of see it. I think it's got a lot of teeth. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So for anyone not familiar, uh, full spoilers and all that hoo-ha, especially since it's in a movie that's still in theaters. So <laughs> yes. if you don't want to be spoiled about Good this point. movie, don't listen to this. Come back later. It's because yeah. there is a moment in this movie that turned – this movie turned on a dime for me. Um. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you want to go over like the actual like synopsis of it first? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So if you're brave and you're still listening and you don't care about spoilers, here is the synopsis of Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Jojo is a lonely German boy who discovers that his single mother is hiding a Jewish girl in the attic. Aided only by his imaginary friend Adolf Hitler, Jojo must confront his blind nationalism as World War II continues to rage on. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> the bare bones of it, but there's exactly. so much yeah. more in that movie. We do, so I'm going to I'm going to turn the tables on you. We yeah, you sure. obviously saw it in the theaters. But what was your first impression when you walked out of the movie theater after seeing this movie? So, you know, before I went in, I knew that there was some Uh, I guess a a little bit of controversy surrounding it. Mm -hmm. And I do kind of wonder, you know, like what are we going to think five years from now kind of stuff? I I would love to talk to you about that Hmm. Um, because I, because I've seen a little bit of discourse already. And so I walked in, but I did have the background of when we, this is actually the second uh, Taika Waititi movie that we've covered because we did what we do in the shadows as well. Oh, this is a good movie. Yes, I know. I love it. Uh, and so when we covered that episode, I watched this like hour long TED talk mm-hmm. that I think came out before that movie even came out. It might have been his like Flight of the Concord days. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically talked about a lot of interesting stuff, but mainly the fact that he isn't, you know, not only is he a director and a writer, but and a comedian um, or a comedian in the sense that he does comedy. Um, but he's also an artist. You know, he did he does a lot of like paintings and art. And um, you can see that a lot, I think, in what we do in the shadows. I think a lot of that, like the, you know, pictures that were from, you know, a, a supposed painting or history or whatever are actually <laughs> things he created. So, he, oh, wow. It's kind of I like actually didn't know that. I actually approach. didn't know about the yeah. artistry, but I can kind of see it because a lot of his shots and a lot of his composition and movies feel like more like paintings, especially in Jojo yeah. Rabbit. Um, because oh, absolutely. Be, just because there's so much saturated color mm-hmm. in this movie that it, it you, you linked me because we were preparing for this episode. You linked me to something about like the uh, photography and the shot composition of Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much colors popped until it was pointed yes. out in this movie. Right, and how uh, atypical that is for a war film, especially right. one set during World War Two, and that is, you know, intentional. But also, another good, you know, just factoid to have walking into this movie is that Taika Waititi is uh, Jewish as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's part Maori and part... Uh, 
Rus Russian Jewish, I think he said. And he, as a child, when he found out that he was part Jewish, he became like kind of obsessed with swastikas. This is in his TED talk. Mm. <laughs> and he just said it was like a morbid curiosity or just you know it's such a horrible event and it's just so big and then he finds out that he's literally jewish it just sort of i don't know stuck out in his mind and he said that he would like draw swastikas and then and then he'd feel guilty and draw like a window pane around them to make them look like windows instead and like he just thought it was weird it sort of he said as a child like in like ideas would sort of take hold of him and then he would become kind of like obsessed with them and that was like something that really disturbed him that you know he got so into that for a while not necessarily obviously into nazi ideology <laughs> at all but just the fact that he studied you know, the history the fact... of it he, he wanted to right. understand that like impact yeah, he... that it had on him on his culture and thank his you people. you're saving me <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> uh, that, just yeah, gonna exactly keep digging that. this hole here <laughs> <laughs> i know i got a shovel no but it's like it's true there's sort of this weird morbid curiosity that children have and they don't have these you know sort of life experience to be like okay that's like i'm gonna stop right there so you just kind of dive in because you're curious and so i think that's part of why this movie because I, I think he started writing this in 2011 so Oh, wow. He's been working you know, on this for a minute. Yeah. And so I think it stems from his experience as a child. And that's why this movie is told from the vantage point of a child. And that's also why it's so colorful. Because if you're honest with yourself, children can't really comprehend war, right? No. And I think I like that idea that even if they were physically in it, that would be a ch you know something hard for them to comprehend. You know, and it's um, also and you're right. Oh, go ahead. No, it, you're right. It's also vibrant because that is from the viewpoint of a child. Um, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, to children, these are all new. Everything's new experiences. Everything looks brighter and more colorful and more surreal in some respects. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you didn't it, answer my question. How did you feel <laughs> when you came out of the movie when you were done watching it? So, um, so after I came out, I... I mean, I was relieved in the sense that I had some concerns maybe going in just based on what I was researching, but I did have the background that he was Jewish, so that comforted me that, I don't know, that yes, it's going to be a little bit edgy because it's a comedy involving Hitler, mm. but I kind of thought it's going to be more like The Producers, which, by the way, Mel Brooks really liked this movie. I don't know if you'd heard that. No, but, I didn't, um... but, it, but it makes perfect <laughs> sense. Right. And so I walked out of it and I thought it was really good. Um, I had not seen uh, Hunt for the Wilder People yet, which I think I like maybe more than this one. Mm. But it, it definitely has that same, you know, able to combine humor, but at the right moments. And then just the amount of like, I don't know, compassion and emotion and pathos that he fills these movies with i was really overwhelmed with that aspect of it i guess yeah i was i walked out going i couldn't believe how much how powerful the movie was by the end um mm -hmm. because i'm gonna this is the big spoiler of the movie that i'm just gonna dive oh, yeah, into go is that okay <laughs> so yeah. you go in you see the you see the commercials you're like oh it's hit it's it's imaginary friendly Hitler. I'm like, oh God, what is Tycho doing? And it is Tycho <laughs> Wakiti playing the imaginary Hitler. 
He's playing right. the idealized I think he felt version. Like he had to be him. Like, yeah. if he's going to go in with this idea, he better be the one playing him kind of well, thing. Yeah, and he's playing him so, like, over the top and so goofy that it's endearing, even though if it would be more endearing if it wasn't Adolf Hitler, but you understand why, <laughs> because this kid is idolizes this this Im- image. And in some respects, uh, Jojo um, is sort of a stand-in for the the culture, the German culture at the time, right? Like, right. taken in by this very charismatic, larger-than-life person, wanting to feel good about himself and about his culture, and so he latches on to somebody who's quite terrible. Um, but he doesn't know he's terrible because he's a kid. Um, but, right, and and I think he's also kind of a stand-in for his father, right? Yes, because his father so, sort is of, absent. So I never really read that. Actually, I think he was just lonely, but not like it. The, Hitler wasn't a father figure in the sense that this is a father figure. This was his friend. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely, definitely a friend, but you know, uh, a, an adult. Male yes. imaginary friend, which is like atypical for kids, mm-hmm. but I think he's he's looking around for an older male role model. You oh, know? and so he's sort of idealizing and inventing one in his mind, and it's it's Hitler because it's World War Two, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times, you know, I've heard people say like, oh, people can get, you know, radicalized, and I've I've you know, people say that you know a, a lot. And I think that's true, but I also think this is a different situation than just somebody being radicalized because he's literally he literally has no choice. Like the right. the world that he's set in, there's not another, there's not an option B. The main, yeah, the mainstream he lives in is radical from everyone else's exactly, perspective. Yeah, he does not right. know his world is something he knows nothing different. Mm-hmm. And even his right. mother tries to push him out of it slightly, but she can only do so much because she's under threat herself. Uh, played brilliantly by by Scarlett Johansson, by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, and so his he's radicalized, not in the sense that he is on the outside looking in. He's a, he is the mainstream. He is the inside. Um, yeah, it would be like trying to challenge our worldview now, right. because if you're born in it, it's different than you know, something slowly taking over. And I don't think that that's an angle that's been explored a lot. No. Um, at all. And I, I think, you know, like I've seen, I mentioned earlier, like a little bit of, you know, some people saying, I don't think they made uh, the Nazis look bad enough in this movie. They made it seem like some of them changed their minds, blah, blah, blah. But I, I would argue this movie is not actually a, about Nazis because, I mean, Jojo is 10 years old and I don't think... He could be a Nazi, and I think the choice to make the central character a ten-year-old is why, you know, like that was intentional. Like you're not going to put the 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 level of like decision making on a ten-year-old that you no. would somebody who's like twenty-five. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so I think they did a. I think you know, obviously, this is a, a tightrope that Taika Waititi like walked for sure because this is a heavy topic. Yeah, and um, if if you watch them, I think he did it well. Yeah, he did it fantastically. I think. I'm amazed how well he did do it, because if you watch the movie, everyone that's a true Nazi, like a true, completely, is an adult who's a Nazi, other than maybe Captain K, um, played brilliantly again by Sam Rockwell, is like (laughs) diabolically, like villainously evil. Like uh, it's uh, Rebel Wilson is is the main sort of like 
actual Nazi in the movie and the right. um, and the group of like the actual like uh, uh, I think they're SS members or they're they're part of the uh, Central Intelligence of Nazi mm-hmm. Germany. Um, right. Those guys are like cartoonishly villainous, but that's the point because you're looking at them from the perspective of Jojo. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me get back to like the real kicker of this movie because I got to make sure I hit this. So the entire yeah, time at the beginning, Jojo's there. He's trying to do his best. He's trying to understand what it means to be a good Nazi. And he's a he's part of the Hitler Youth. And there's an accident at so basically this summer camp thing that he's in. Um, he accidentally mm-hmm. blows himself up. <laughs> yep. Um, and. And then he has to stay at home, which means he ends up finding out that his mother like has this has this uh, friend of a daughter that Carl Jansen had that was Jojo's sister, who was part of a Jewish family that she is sort of sheltering in the walls of yeah, their home. And, and she lost a daughter. Yes. So yes. she's sort of that. That's part of it too. Is like. You know, at this point in Jojo's life, his father is um, gone away somewhere, and then his his uh, his sister is has passed. Yeah, and, and it seems and, like she yeah. passed a good little while ago, because he doesn't mm-hmm. have too many memories of her, but he does remember her. Right. Um, yeah. And and so he knows sort of who this girl is, and they're about the same age as his sister, uh, or what how old his sister would be, and you realize that while Jojo is completely taken in by the Nazi propaganda, obviously Scarlett Johansson's character, the mother, is not. And she's, like, actively trying to just subtly subvert and put up flyers and stuff in her little town to try to counter the propaganda. And she's very anti-war, and and Jojo knows something's going on, and the entire time you're like, she's Jojo's left all alone. He's doing these little odd jobs around town. And for big swaths of the movie, you don't see the mother. You don't see Charlotte Johansson. And mm-hmm. it's the moment where Jojo's messing around. It's winter. All the while, like the clock of the war is, is starting to get towards midnight you realize the war is coming to them it is the it's the ass end of of the uh of world war ii before they take germany proper and he's in like the central square and he already set up all this other stuff about like how they kill dissenters and they kill people who are suspected of going against the government and you see her shoes right by jojo's face and you realize she's being hung in the middle of their square and, yeah, and this was so well set up throughout the movie, too, because Jojo had trouble tying his shoes. Yes. And his mom would tie, you know, his shoes, and then the end cap was seeing her shoes, and then him tying them. Yeah, it's, it's just, just ugh, that that's a hard moment. The moment when you see her shoes and you realize it's her hang, my first thought was this. No, that's someone else. That's just someone who, ha- that's someone else who happens to be wearing the same type of shoes as her. She's not dead. Oh. No. <laughs> you couldn't accept couldn't it. Couldn't accept it. And then I was like, and they just lingered longer and longer. Then Jojo looks up at the face, like as if Jojo had the exact same thought I did. Yeah. And he needed confirmation. And then you look up and it's, it is, and it, and just the look on Jojo's face. Cause you never see her, uh, her, the, you never see her actually hung. You only see her feet yeah, dangling there. And she's, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, no, that's her. That's absolutely her. Jojo's seeing his mother 
hung in the middle of town square because she was a she was a rebel. She was trying to subvert the uh, the government and and the propaganda. And I was just completely the movie just spun in my head, and I realized what this movie was really really about because this is not a comedy. It, you no, I I think it, it, there's comedic moments for sure, and I almost feel like. There's another movie, and I don't want to give too much away, but <laughs> this movie does that that thing where the the comedy sort of disarms you, yes. so that you're not prepared. Absolutely, uh, Parasite has something like similar. Going yeah, don't spoil on that it. one. I haven't I yeah, haven't I watched I Parasite I yet. I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know the the scene too with his mother hanging uh is is also set up not just with the shoe thing, but earlier in the movie. People were hanging and there's a theme of Jojo, uh, you know, wanting to be this quote unquote good Nazi. Yes. And and I think more than that, wanting to be mature, wanting to be an adult, but he's very timid and kind and shy and compassionate. And he, because in his world, that's sort of seen as a weakness. He's always trying to, to get away from that. I mean, that's how he gets the Jojo rabbit name is because he wouldn't kill a little rabbit and then they call him a rabbit. And so he tries to um, own the name yeah. and yeah. then in like some of the silliest part of the entire movie which is actually only the first act of the movie mm-hmm. is yeah. him trying to claim like strength in the name and it ends up blowing himself up because of it yep <laughs> which in some <laughs> yeah. respects is the analogy for the entire movie um yeah yeah uh and so uh I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about that entire moment. No, it's okay. I, I but but so at this p- point too, like when he when they're hanging earlier in the movie, you know, because again he's timid, shy, nervous, a child. Um, when people are hanging the square, he looks away, and his mother actually grabs his face and points his face back and says, "Don't look away," mm-hmm. which I think is another another you know metaphor because it's like that's part of how this nationalism worked, right? Is ignoring something horrible that's mm-hmm. right in front of you. Absolutely. And he tried to do that and she said no. And then he's like, what did they do? And she says what they could. Yeah. And so I think that that really makes the emotional impact later when she loses her life. Um, you know, that, that brings a lot of emotion to that scene. And I really like that this is about uh, his mother uh, Taika Waititi described the film as sort of like a love letter to his mother and single parents mm-hmm. everywhere um, because it wasn't until he was grown up and he had kids of his own he realized parents were people. Yeah, parents <laughs> and they are make people. a lot of sacrifices. Yeah, they sacrifice. They have they have their own wants and needs and they're not fulfilled. Yeah. What also got me before what made the hanging moment so impactful to me is if you flash back to middle of act two. Jojo and her mother have this big sort of like knuckle drag out verbal fight. Oh yeah. At the dinner, dinner table right? and mm-hmm. and it ultimately it's not it, this is this they're talking about politics but really they're talking about like their family and it and yeah. it just gets to the bare knuckle bones of a fight that only a family can have with each other. And mm-hmm. she's like, "Do you want your father? I'll go get your father." And she does this entire very odd but very moving scene. This is why I'm like, oh my god, Scarlett Johansson's great. Is entire moment of where her like acting like JoJo's father because you never see JoJo's father in the entire movie. 
but right. you get a sense of what he was like because she, in a moment, has to like smear her face with coal, like with ash, to make her look like you have a beard and you're wearing his her father's jacket. And you realize he's trying; she's trying to be her father, yeah, JoJo's father, to JoJo. But she, but you also realize she misses him too. Yeah, he, it's very sweet. She wants his her husband home away from the war so that they can raise their son and they can try to live their life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God damn, guys, I hate you. Ugh, you're pulling up my heartstrings <laughs> so hard because you just you feel for her, you feel for JoJo. All the while, this is wrapped up in Nazi Germany. <laughs> and right. all the while, JoJo's trying to figure out his own feelings about his beliefs and how these beliefs are being tested by, I forgot the character, the character and actress's name, the one who plays, um, the. It's Elsa. Elsa. And her name is Thomason. McKenzie. Yes. Um, she, mm-hmm. and she, what's interesting about her story is everyone gets a, everyone gets a backstory in this. Everyone gets mm-hmm. a little base and you realize she's a young woman. She's not like a girl, little girl. She's not Jojo's age. No, she's like probably, I think, does she say like eighteen or nineteen? No, she's, or something like no, that? No, she's like in like sixteen or seventeen. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, I that's cool what I got from it. But not just a, the way not she looked yeah. and just the way she acted because she had a maturity to her, obviously, because of the hard life she lived. But there was still like a little bit of like something childlike. Something yeah. childlike in her. And you realize because she's like, I have a love, he's gonna come for me and we're gonna go off together, it'll be great. And and you learn a lot about her and her relationship to Scarlett Johansson, the mother, Rosie. Mm-hmm. I forgot her name. Yeah, her name is Rosie. Yep, and Rosie. you, there are some intimate, great scenes with just the girls, just the women. Um, yeah, yeah. And they're the just attic, talking yeah. about life and the war and what they want. And, um, and it's everyone just feels very three dimensional. Like mm-hmm. this is in that. Yeah, she's holding this Jewish girl in her house because she knows it's the right thing to do. This was a friend of her daughter's. This is like the last little thing that she can hold on to her daughter. And she can just hope that maybe she can make it out like of this, right. of this situation. And this movie was just got me completely. Like I'm probably going to buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray and I'm going to watch it again and again. Um, but there's so yeah. many great points because I actually want to, if you don't mind, I, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but I also want to talk about no, some of the fine. comedy. Cause sure. I know I've been very Absolutely. melodramatic. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a movie about Nazi yeah. Germany. It's okay to be dramatic, yeah. but the comedy is great because the, a lot of the big laughs come at kind of the first act because you, you get yeah, Jojo absolutely. and he's basically in boy Scouts. He's in Nazi mm-hmm. boy Scouts and you meet a character, Bruce Rockwell, Captain K, um, his name, his whole name is Captain Klinsendorf, but he says, call me yes. Captain K. And I love this character because he's kind of like the disenfranchised like Captain Nazi because he's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I've got my hurt my eye. And so now I have to be here training all these little snot nosed kids and not be on the front line because they say I have to have two eyes to fight in the war. And as the movie progresses, you realize there's a lot more going on with Captain K. Yeah, I started to suspect it kind of early on. By the time Jojo gets the injury and then he says he got demoted again, I'm like, "Mm, 
I wonder what's going to happen with this character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he got demoted. When he said he got demoted again, and then what, what cracked me up was when Scarlett Johansson, Rosie, this tells you how hard-ass, she goes up to a character like Captain Gay, who's on just a badass, who he's nothing but a badass, just gets kneed in the nuts by Rosie. Yes. And he goes down, and it's like, oh, Rosie and her husband are are a big deal. Like, yeah, they, that's they're true. important. Like, you can't get mm-hmm. to basically knee a captain in the... Uh, uh, German army in the nuts for no reason. <laughs> True. And then, so Captain K, and you realize over over a couple of scenes through the movie, oh, Captain K is gay. Yeah, he's very gay, and and you realize that that obviously this would be tolerated, but he's in a position of authority, and nobody's looking too hard at it. That he's not been taken care of. He's not been drummed mm-hmm. out. And they're kind of they kind of make you feel a little bit better about him being empowered because he does continuously try to get demoted and be away from the front lines because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to take lives and he doesn't want to um, harm anyone. Uh, you know, probably partly because, like you said, he falls into that category of intolerance as well by being gay. But I think they do a good job of like. The people that have a good side, like they're not directly involved with awful stuff, so that you're not like, well, that is nice, but they did this. Yeah, well, his Captain K story about I'm being gay um, is also the story of I'm just following orders. He's just a military man. Mm-hmm. He's just like I'm in the army. This is my job. I I not on the front lines because of my injury. I'd be there. If, I'd probably be there right now, but I'm not. So I'm gonna see. Be... I don't know. I wonder if he's intentionally injured himself, huh? I'd... And then intentionally gets out of that camp, and then I mean, because he ends up, you know, spoiler alert, giving his life for JoJo later, which is amazing, by the so way. So I think he really wanted to get away from it completely, but he just didn't actually uh, have a choice. Because uh... if he was to be like, hey. Like, I don't agree with this, and I'm gay. They would have just shot yeah. him. So he's uh, like, how can I not be on the front lines, but still, you know, not actually have to participate? Uh, well, I have to make and myself think, look good yeah. enough that they won't suspect anything bad. But right. I need to remove myself from the situation so that I can't, I'm not culpable in these problems. Right, yeah. And I can, yeah, I can read I that. I can definitely get a read, especially with yeah. the character as you start learning more about Captain K, because as, she's, mm-hmm. as uh, Lisa said, he does end up giving his life for JoJo at the very end of the movie, and I thought that was a great, great twist at the end. JoJo, like, the war has officially come to this little town that he lives in. He's, he's trying to escape the gunfighting, and uh, the, the allies, the Russians specifically, and the Americans have won the control over the city, and they're rounding up all these troops. And JoJo happens to be wearing a jacket, a military jacket right now. And since they've been sort of drumming old and young people into, like, this makeshift militia to defend the mm-hmm. town, they round— Yeah, because they're losing. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they round up JoJo, and then— Captain K's there, and you very quickly realize, oh, they're just shooting all the soldiers. Yeah, including children doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so Captain K basically makes it look like JoJo is not, that they rounded up the wrong kid, that this he wasn't a member of the fighting, and... And that he's Jewish. Yeah, he's he's a Jew. He's a dirty Jew. And you realize, oh, and then you hear the gunfires off screen, you're like, oh, he just gave his life to save JoJo. Because JoJo's like the one good thing in the movie, like truly good thing in the movie. 
Um, yeah, I think he also protected Elsa earlier yes, too, he though, did. because yeah, because they came to uh, to the house. Jojo finally, you know, the, the main reason why Scarlett Johansson's character didn't want Jojo to know, I think, is because he's ten yeah. and like kids can't keep secrets. Yeah. Like that's not possible. And so he, no matter how much of a secret he tries to keep it, especially since he's starting to, you know, I guess fall in love with Elsa as much as a 10-year-old yes. can. He's confused. <laughs> uh, which they address, by the um, way. He... I love that they address that in the movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think so, too. And, and uh, you know, he he uh, kind of lets some stuff slip enough to where the SS that you mentioned earlier comes to his house yeah. and looks around. But, you know, Sam Rockwell comes in, too, and he kind of intervenes and helps. And I think it's very intentional. He was, um, you know, friends with his mother. And I think he sees what's going on or potentially going on, because I'm sure that was happening a lot where people were harboring people. Um, you hear that story quite a bit. So, uh, from that time so he kind of you know he didn't want anything bad to happen to Jojo or his family so he stepped in so I think they they give him enough moments like that throughout the movie to kind of you know to to where he earns that yeah and, and that's another one of those big moments where like oh Captain K is not a bad not really that bad of a guy because he does yeah does he helps lie for Elsa because she part of the movie is she's in the in the in the in the um in the house and the SS comes who so she portrays herself as Jojo's sister, the one who's supposedly dead. Right. But because she's I think around the same the age, same age yes. she would have been yeah. too. And so, so it just kinda worked out. Yeah. yeah. And the in the in their papers are old enough that it would be really hard to distinguish her from her sister in the picture. And mm-hmm. so what ended up happening, Captain K she asks Captain K has the uh has the papers and was like, How old are you? When was your birthday? And she gives her a date and you realize at the end after they've left that she gave the wrong date. So, yeah. but Captain K said, "Oh, everything looks fine here. There's no, no, there's no problems." Right. So he put his, he stuck his neck. Yeah, out absolutely for her. did, and and yeah. that earns a lot of credit towards Captain K, even though he's basically a captain in in the German military. That oh, he's not behind this either. He doesn't want the bad things to happen to these people. He wants to just kind of get through all of this, and so this is a little bit of good he can do for Jojo and his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know who we haven't mentioned yet? Who haven't we, we mentioned? <laughs> Yorkie. Yeah, best boy. Oh man, oh, I love him. Oh, he's so so great. adorable. He's the best straight man. He he was just yes. the just straight up the best straight man because he shows up just when you need Yorkie the most. Yes. Because- yeah, to kind of soften the blow of some of the harshest moments. My favorite moment is when, <laughs> and you see this in the trailer, is when. Uh, Yorkie sees Jojo like in the middle of the town. The 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 the, the last like fight uh, in the town and third act is happening, and she's like, he's like, oh Jojo, and he drops the freaking grenade launcher, the rocket launcher, yes. and it goes off and it just <laughs> blows up half a building, and he's just waving at Jojo. I was like, that <laughs> is awesome, awesome. Yeah, Yorkie's such a great character too because you know Jojo again, his goal is to be a Nazi soldier, but something keeps happening to where he can't yeah. realize this dream. He gets injured, you know, he, he, he doesn't kill the rabbit, you know, things like that. And then Yorkie gets theoretically what he wished for. And when he first runs into him, when he's wearing the uniform, he's like, is this made out of cardboard? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like paper. <laughs> and he, you can see the turn, the wheels turning in Jojo's head. Like, you know, 
I don't think this is what I want. Yeah, no, no. He's like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> this isn't good at all. Yeah. This has nothing. It, yeah. it, it, it basically, it's like, oh, the propaganda doesn't live up to reality type of situation. Right. And I mean, there is something horrifically sinister about, I mean, everything about the entire events of World War II is horrible. But also the fact that, you know, uh, getting small children and and radicalizing them and indoctrinating them into these awful ideas i mean they're just such such a disadvantage they're just children they yeah. can't make any of these decisions well, they're, they're like, most pliable that's I, I just why. like how they touch on that a little bit yeah, yeah. And, and what i like about it is yorkie is not in love with the ideology as much as jojo is yorkie's just right, going along right, with right. it because that's what you do um because actually yorkie's uh-huh. a little more objectively aware of what's going on but yes. he's but he's he's all shucks about it. Like he's like, eh, it's just the yeah. way the things are, man. So we're gonna go through. We're gonna keep doing, <laughs> keep on keeping on. My favorite line from Yorkie is actually at the beginning, which is like they're in the tent together at the little summer camp, and this is before Jojo blew himself up, and he's like. Uh, Jojo's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save Hitler's life, and I'll be part of his like inner, and he'll be my best friend. And Yorkie's like, I thought I was your best friend, and he's like, well, yes, but uh, you're not like my, but you're my second best friend. And he's like, uh, it was a, unless you're like Adolf Hitler in a fat boy suit, uh, you, you'd, you'd be my second best friend. And then Yorkie's like, yeah, I'm just a fat boy in a fat boy suit. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I feel you so hard, Yerky. Uh, I love you so much. I also like uh, towards the end when um, Jojo Rabbit's talking about Hitler again, and Yorkie's like, oh, you didn't hear? He killed himself. <laughs> yeah, he shot himself he's like, in the head. Oh, oh, yeah, and he's like, oh. you know what? A lot of crazy stuff came out after that. I don't think things are the way we thought they were. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just so funny, just from his perspective. Yeah, and because Yorkie's a little more on the no, and and uh, I think that's yeah. a good segue. We need to talk about uh, uh, Mr. Adolf Hitler, imaginary Adolf Hitler in the movie, mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah, the beginning, he's all fun and games. He's all like, yep. "Hey, Jojo, it's great. You're, you're, come on, buck up, kiddo." He's like your best med. He's like Mr. Rogers, but Adolf Hitler. Um, then, as the movie goes, and Jojo starts getting confronted. The betrayal With of reality. the reality yeah. starts setting in in the imaginary Adolf Hitler. Because actually, the imaginary Adolf Hitler doesn't happen that often in the movie. It's only that's true. It only happens that's like maybe five, four or five times for a couple mm-hmm. minutes, like one little scene when JoJo's by himself. Yeah, the trailer really makes it seem like it's the whole movie. But yeah, that's another thing. Uh, if people haven't seen it yet, like. If you're discouraged by, I don't want to watch Hitler for two hours, I feel you. And thankfully, you don't have to. No. <laughs> He's only in there four or five times at the right moment yeah. and with a purpose with a pur- to make Hitler look bad. Um, it's it's always when we are like, okay, JoJo's by himself. It's time for the internal monologue. It's time for the discu- exactly. internal, yeah. uh, the internal dialogue between, between himself and his ideology. And as mm-hmm. the reality sets in for JoJo and he starts questioning himself, the Hitler betrayal becomes more serious, more sinister. More terrible, more unhinged as yeah, well. Yeah, more unhinged, <laughs> more abusive and toxic. Um, yeah, and it, it culminates in the end when you have, uh, and the uniform changes too. Oh, uh, I didn't notice. Yeah, that. you didn't notice that he, at the beginning he's wearing more uh-huh. of a traditional like what JoJo's wearing, and then as it moves, mm. he's moving it more into like a casual wear, like the uh, the sort of the presidential look, and then into like a general's yeah. look, and then at the end. 
with the last time we see him, which is in his like dark grays, like bunker clothes with his part of his brain spilling out of his head. Like, oh, yeah. I shot yeah, myself. That's a visual. Uh, and <laughs> and that's the final confrontation that he has with with Adolf Hitler. And then when he fully Jojo finally fully rejects the ideology and fully rejects that's right. all of it at the very end of the movie, um, which is great. Um, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and he's also like a, a horrible, you said abusive, like he's a yeah, bully. Yeah. He, and yeah, as that goes on, you're right. He uses his, his psychology until... against him because mm -hmm. that's what he's trying to do. He's like, no, no, Jojo, jo jo, if you think about it like this, everything will be fine. Just just go back, do, go back into your bed. It'll be fine. And then he gets just straight up like, get into bed, do what I say, and everything will be okay. It can go back the way it was. And right. he, Jojo knows on some level that it can't. It just, just straight up can't. Yep, yep. He's seen too much of the world at that point. Yeah. And he can't. He can't look away anymore. Yeah. He can't. He, he's a different person by the end of it, for sure. Well, he has to be. I mean, what's interesting mm -hmm. about this, it's not just a story about, like, a single mother raising a child. It's about a about an orphan, too. Because, yeah. actually, the death of Rosie is, like, the halfway point of the movie, I think. Yeah, that surprised me that she died that early on. Yeah, and, and I said this, is because she's in and out of the movie of JoJo's perspective so much, because you stay with JoJo almost the entire time, you don't think about her her missing for long stretches of the movie until you yeah, then you notice true. that her that she's being hung and then after right, that point you're yeah. like oh she's not there where's where's Rosie mm -hmm. you kind of start looking for her and she doesn't show yeah, up yeah i agree and then it's like oh jojo's got to do this all on his own now and there's almost no one to mm -hmm. help him and then then that's when yeah. he starts uh um uh leaning on elsa and the relationship between right. Her and Elsa starts expanding and growing, and they become the support structure for each other. Right, because they become each other's family. She reveals later in the movie that her boyfriend is uh, died, yeah, and that he was never going to meet with her. Um, I do like that cute. Another, I guess, like humor moment is when Jojo pretends to be her <laughs> fiance in those, du in those <laughs> and dumb writes letters. Her letters, yeah. Yeah, those letters of like, I don't like you now. I don't love you anymore. Just forget about me because he's jealous and he wants her to himself. Because I think that's a really touching growth mo moment for Jojo is he he's a kid. And, and it's like when you're a kid, you are selfish. You oh, know? Yeah. Like you don't understand the concept of sharing people and sharing people's love and attention. And, and, and so he's greedy and he wants all her attention. And he doesn't and he realize to stay there forever. The best thing you can do is like love people when they are themselves being loved. Like mm -hmm. let them yeah. like, Oh, they are having joy and love in their life. That makes me feel good. Like, and it has right. nothing to do with me directly. Um, mm -hmm. what I like at the beginning, it's like, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to scare her out and she's going to, and I'm going to write these little notes and she'll think they're from her fiance and then she will, she'll, she'll get upset and I want to make her mad and angry and hurt. And then he realized, oh wait, I made her mad and angry and hurt. I don't like that. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. He's like, this feels yeah, bad. Jojo is intrinsically good. He's the only intrinsically good character. To the point that every time he tries to fight against his good nature, it fights back horrendously. 
against him. And later in the movie, when uh, the war even ends, he hesitates telling Elsa because he's lonely and he doesn't want to be without oh, her. Oh, that's 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 one of the that's a great moment at the end when yeah. you see he's truly grown up. Is like mm-hmm. I if I tell you that we won. If they won the allies won the war, you'll leave and then I'll have no one. Yeah. And if I say that we've won that the Germans won, you can stay here with me and everything will be fine, but that means I have to lie to you and I have to keep you in pain because the bad guys are in quote unquote in charge. What do I yeah. do? And then the, in the moment where he finally tells her the truth and you see that moment, especially at the end when they're doing the little dance and they're they're outside of the, the, the their house um, and you yeah. realize Jojo looks much older. Like he yeah, looks he like he's yeah. grown up. He's physically grown up and he's trying to be the best person that he knows he truly is. Um, and I, again, I, bet, I love that they acknowledge that Jojo has fallen in love with her, but they immediately stay... I can't, this isn't romantic love. This isn't the love you yeah. think it is. This is family mm-hmm. love. This is the love of, of a, a brother and sister, of people who have endured great a great hardship together and can now lean on each other um, through thick and thin. This isn't like any sort yeah. of like true sexual attraction or romantic blossoming. Oh yeah, definitely not. Yeah, but, <laughs> it, but, I, but I love but, that. I love that they, they're, very, they're very upfront about that at the end of the movie. They're like, no, yeah, this is not how so this is. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's important for that not to be murky. <laughs> yeah, and, and, um, and you get it and then Jojo accepts it and he's like, no, you're right. Okay, moving right along. Yeah, he's like, huh, I was confused. I get it now. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and it's, it's also cool because, you know, him... Uh, keeping her there in the apartment is literally like it's a form of control. Yeah. It's what the regime was doing, controlling people, yep. sk- using fear to get people to do what you want. And so by not revealing to her the war's over, he's also using fear in that same way. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's he has to have that growth moment of like when you love somebody, you have to give them their own agency. They can't depend on you for everything. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he was sort of raised in a world of like, that's how everything's going to be forever. Yeah, and, and, and also, he thought that uh, he wanted that. <laughs> using misin- trying to use misinformation, albeit badly, mm-hmm. but using mm-hmm. misinformation yeah. to try to control a situation and to keep things yeah. where you could you can you could have it in front of you. And right, and yeah, no, I think the movie does. It's got it's got a lot of I think very good messaging. Yes, in it. it's an onion. It's got many layers. It's got so many layers. Yes. <laughs> also, it's a beautiful movie. It's a well shot. Very pretty, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, the the costumes on everyone are on point. Uh, even even the little uniforms that JoJo wears look great. They just are really well tailored and they're just really cool <laughs> yeah. looking, and it's very interesting. Uh, just also seeing the German town, like this is a German town that looks like it would be in this time period, and they're just doing mm-hmm. filmed in in the Czech Republic. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yay. Yeah, and I've been there <laughs> yeah. a couple times. Yeah, um, it's it's very pretty, just like in the movie. <laughs> yeah, and j- just <laughs> without all that horrible Nazi. Yeah, propaganda, without normal Nazi <laughs> propaganda. Yeah, I I like I said, I adore this. Movie. I was not expecting to love this movie as much as I have become to love it, because mm-hmm. it's been a long time since I've sit, sit down and watched a movie that just hit me right in the heart and wouldn't let go. I mean, in yeah. Taika Waititi did a master master class job of going, hey guys, I'm going to charm the pants off of you 
so that you listen to what I have to say about all of this. That's true. It's like disarming so that he can have the message about that's so anti-hate. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times people are like, I'm anti-hate. And then there's this incredibly like cheesy and maybe even like paper thin version of that. But it's like you kind of have to show the actual hate to get there. Mm -hmm. And I think he does do that. I mean, I don't think the movie shies away from the horrors of war. I think it almost makes it worse that it starts off so colorful and wonderful and then evolves towards the end where you're seeing everything, how it really yeah, is, and, you know, it, go ahead. And yeah. And also always, always through the lens of Jojo, always through the lens mm-hmm. of even at the end when he looks, he looks at captain K who's kind of like, this is the kind of guy I thought at the beginning of the movie I wanted to be. And you have, yeah. and in some respects he does want to be like captain K, the real captain K which is a guy mm-hmm. who wants to save a young boy's life who's mixed up in something yeah. he shouldn't be. An actual hero. And, uh, and not another, the ones he yeah, an yeah. actual honest to God hero. And what I like also another message I love about this is the germ. It showcases that the Germans were in some respects occupied by their own country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through Rosie's so. story, you realize no, most of them probably were either the very least indifferent at the very most at the very most didn't want this war at all they thought it was stupid and pointless but their entire country got swept up in this this fervor and they have to f- they're fighting in some respect they're fighting their own ideological battle inside the, the heart of it all and and that- right i mean yeah and I think they really took, you know, the the leaders in charge, including Hitler, took advantage of the fact that there was definitely an atmosphere of anti-Semitism mm-hmm. and fear and hatred, you know. And so it was easy to capitalize on a group that was already treated poorly um, and then take it to the 10th degree. I mean, you know, without that that you know uh atmosphere there already, that probably wouldn't have happened the same way. But still, I think what you're saying is true and that, you know, a lot of people were maybe on sort of more of a fringe passive aggressive level. And this really pushed it to the forefront. Um, And it's just something that, you know, obviously we, we need to never forget for a second. And so I do, I've heard people say things like, Oh, well, do we need another movie like this? Like, why do we keep bringing this up? Everybody knows Nazis are bad. I don't know. I think that we need to keep bringing it up because no, it was that we bad. We need movies you know? like this, and we need movies like this that tell this, this story in such a fresh and interesting way because you can get desensitized by the same message over and over again. It takes oh, someone sure. yeah. as, as masterful as Taika Waititi to go, yeah, I'm going to give you this message, but it's not going to be delivered in the way you think it will be. I'm not trying to just say mm-hmm. Nazis are bad. I'm trying to showcase you this is why Nazis are bad. This is how yeah. Nazis are bad. More more specifically, this is how propaganda and hate perpetuates itself in this type yeah, of it's climate. Like you kind of have to show, right, like how do people get caught up in it? How? Why are they drawn to it? Yeah, it's like he kind of had to explore that. Um, in order to get there. Because otherwise, yeah, it's easy to distance yourself and say, oh, well, that's in the past. That could never happen. You know, but it's like he's sort of setting up like, well, this is what that atmosphere looked like. And maybe it didn't look like how you. Uh-huh. Crap. There's just I could literally go on for like two more hours about. 
Well, we this movie. We've talked a lot about the the look of the film. I do want to highlight the cinematographer. I believe Mahai Malamere Jr. He mm-hmm. uh, also mm-hmm. was a cinematographer on movies like The Master, which I think is another pretty. Mm-hmm. Oddly pretty movie <laughs> for what the subject matter it's is. It's a very, oh, that's a very dark movie. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> it's dark, but but it's shot well. <laughs> and so I like yes. his, um, you know, you talked about that that uh, video I sent you earlier, and I'll post that in the, in the show notes and online. But it was interesting to go back and look at, like, how it was shot, how the colors play in. I, I would kind of like to rewatch the movie, too, and I'm assuming that at the beginning of the movie, the colors are brighter, and then they become more muted towards the end. Yes, I can totally agree with you with that. Yeah. It takes a little more war war tone, mm-hmm. like traditional World War II war tones yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's absolutely true because, yeah. And this is one of those things I really like about learning about a movie is that there's all these little mm-hmm. things that, you know, I mean, obviously these people are at the top of their craft and they know what they're doing. <laughs> and you might not have noticed those decisions and how they how they affect you emotionally, how they affect your viewing experience, how they tell a story. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, um, something that, uh, speaking of art and color and all that, I have friends who studied art, and we've talked, this has come up a couple times through our, our many years of friendship, about you have to remember, so this movie, Jojo Rabbit's really pulling you in with the cinematography and the, and the colors and everything and the way it's shot. That's a lot of what propaganda does. It oh, that's uses a good point. art theory and and the things that pull people in and get people interested to to indoctrinate people. And so and in Nazi Germany, they notoriously had very famous artists be very pro uh Third Reich. Mm-hmm. Um and got on board. Because remember, Adolf Hitler was also an artist. To start with. Mm, that's a weird parallel. With yes, Tycho, it is. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it, and so because of that, there's a reason why aesthetically the Nazi uniform oh, and yeah. the Nazi aesthetic is extremely striking and appealing. Right, because they use... That like, was done and very yeah, intentionally. Yeah. Um, that is why they had very famous fashion designers and artists work on all of the stuff to get people to go, oh, that looks slick and cool. I want to be like that. Right. It's weird that that's that easy to, you know, manipulate. But, I mean, we are. And even like I yeah. was saying in this movie, all that stuff draws you in, you know. So it's like uh, you can you can use a, a story, a movie to tell a message, to push an agenda, and it can be good or bad. And so we want to make sure yes. that the ones that were you know, taking in our good, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah um, and, and that's where, that's why movies work. Yeah. Um, the suspension of belief is an insanely powerful tool that yeah. humans have. It can do great things. It can give us hope when when all is lost. It can give us all of this stuff, but it also can be used to brain, essentially brainwash us. Right. Um, and so you have to be mindful of this. And that's why I wanted to point out Taika Waikiti is using all of the tricks that he understands of how to draw people in through his art of movie making, some of those things can be used for bad things, just like the Nazis did. Not, I'm not equating him to Nazis. I'm saying <laughs> he's using a lot of similar techniques. Yeah, yeah. And that's important to be mindful of when you watch movies, any movie actually, right. of, of sort of that idea of the aesthetic and what it's trying to... Ooh, you like that? Why did you like that? Mm-hmm. I, I do. What think, about yeah. that did you like? I love that you're saying that because this is something that 
that's actually a point that I've argued before because people say like they're just movies and they're just entertainment <laughs> and I'm like I think if you take a look even just historically that's not true um, but you know I, I, I mean I get maybe you turn to them just for entertainment but just make sure that you know the messaging that you're taking in is good because there's all different types out there um, I think that's a really good point wow that's like more layered than I even thought the movie was so I, I Oh, we we can we can we can keep going down this rabbit hole (laughs) 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 because uh, I also love that he he didn't kill the rabbit and he made he tried to get it to run away. Mm -hmm. It was obviously a domesticated rabbit because that rabbit he like pushes it and just sits there. And I'm like, no, a wild rabbit would just be gone. Yeah, and he probably like the moment you let it out of the cage, I think would be just out of there. Right, rabbits are super fast. But I really (laughs) I really enjoyed it, and I just uh, there's some there's so many little oh so. I, I, want, I know we're running a little long on time. Fine, fine. Did you notice that Rebel Wilson's character and her line about the, the clones? No. Okay, go ahead. I don't think okay, I Okay, so this. she said something something about, oh, it's time for me. When JoJo's first getting his job after his accident, mm-hmm. and Rebel's like, like, oh, well, he could always walk the clones, and they cut over to, like, eight kids that all look exactly alike, and you realize... At the beginning, Rebel Wilson's character was like, "Yes, as German women, you'll be you'll learn how to like treat wounds and and also have babies. I have had eighteen babies for 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 uh, uh, for Germany." And you're like, "All those kids look a lot like her." <laughs> I Weird. did not even notice did, that. I have to watch. It was this a little wink and a nod to like really effed up like Nazi experiments. I think so. Used as a is a is a laugh. All right, I'm good with this, but. Jesus. I know. I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I need to go back and watch it. I feel like there's so many like Easter eggs and things that I could have seen mm-hmm. in there in the background um, that I didn't catch. So I have to see it again. Yeah, there's a there's a little moments like there in the um, the moment I realized, oh, Captain K is probably gay because some people picked up on it faster than I did was when they're in the pool area and his second in command is has the has the cross leg like overly cross-legged um, appearance and they're like really close to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also there's also a moment of like, it was like, oh, you gotta go get them. They're drowning now because the kids that are training are like in full gear and they're in the pool. So that they're like doing like underwater training. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, I gotta go save them now. God damn it. <laughs> he throws his whiskey, whiskey bottle away. <laughs> That's true. Very Such true. a good movie. Such a good movie. Yeah. I really love how, you know, we talked earlier about how uh, his mother is such an important part of the movie and the Taika Waititi said mm-hmm. he kind of is a love letter to his mother. Um, that That's sort of a theme that's carried over, at least from the other movie he worked on. Uh, what we do in the shadows. His character Viago, he said, was based on his mom. So you can tell they must have had Aww. like a really close relationship. And then this movie, I think he said his mother brought the novel that it's based on to his attention, and so oh, she wow. really cool. actually inspired the whole movie. Uh, the The novel was written by uh, Christine Lewins. Uh, let me see what it is. It called Jojo Rabbit. Caging Skies. Ah, Cajun guys. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'd have to look it up. I mean, I mean, I didn't know that until I started looking into this, mm. but I just thought that was an interesting little factoid. I, I love it when directors work in like a close, uh, you know, sweet relationship that they have with someone that inspires them. So I just I think that's cool that you know she seems to consistently be hey. his inspiration. 
Well, I mean, never, never, uh, if you're a creative out there and you're like, don't look around you. I mean, you've got something around you that's inspired you or. Yeah, absolutely. Don't knock any inspirations that come your way because you never know what will pop in your head and go, oh, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially your loved ones, especially something like this, because obviously Taiko Wakiti was very interested in understanding the history of his of his people and the interaction with Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. And so he used that to spur him on. And obviously his mother encouraged some of that. Right. She nurtured some of that so that he would be a well-informed person. Right, right. Um, Absolutely. And so that's probably how she got the book. Let's. I would probably gave him the book. Yeah, I would think so. I don't know mm. when exactly that happened, but yeah. <laughs> that be interesting to find out. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a very good movie. It's if it doesn't win, I'm super happy that it got a nod at least at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. That it's going to potentially win Best Picture because I think it is a very pertinent movie now with a very powerful message with lovable characters that you just can't help but just love on some level. Like you 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 get behind all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Well, then I guess we should bring you to my last couple of questions then. Sure. Um, let's see. So, well, you've only seen this movie once, right? Yes. <laughs> what do you Unfortunately, think... I've been very busy, so I couldn't <laughs> see it multiple times. Well, normally I say, like, how many times? Why have you seen this so many times? But I'll ask it this way. Uh, what do you think about it is, is going to keep you coming back? What, what makes you want to revisit it? Um, I definitely need to see it one more time so that I can kind of look at the little look in the corners of the movie, mm-hmm. like look at the things I wasn't looking at to begin with, right? And 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 just enjoy being in that world for a little while because it's not an escapist like fun Marvel flick. It's it's an escapist because I'm I get to walk walk through and in the shoes of somebody who lived in that time period mm-hmm. in that place. Yeah. Yeah. I th- because I think it's, it's very important to do that because that way in your own life, you can recognize if something is going wrong right. or something is amiss. It's a good point. Um, I think you mentioned, you know, it's not a Marvel film. So I think for a lot of people, <laughs> his first movie that they saw was probably Thor Ragnarok. Like unless you're really oh, yeah. watching a lot of films. Uh, but I would highly recommend that people out there to get a better feel for... I mean, I love the Ragnarok, by the way. But yeah. I think that that movie was all fun. It was all color. Um, whereas this movie, I think, is more nuanced. And even more so, I think, is the movie uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, if you haven't seen that. That movie really moved me also. And I actually need to track it down. That's why I have not seen that it's, one. It's so much better that it has any right to be. Also equally funny if not more humor than in this one, um, just because the subject matter is a little bit lighter. But it's uh, just as emotional, I think. Uh, it's got some great great payoff in it, so I think you'll enjoy it. And then also, of course, What We Do in the Shadows, which I also have an episode on, so personal plug there. <laughs> Go back and listen to that uh, one. I, I, adore, I adore that movie, by the way. I saw that in the theaters with my friends. That's awesome. I was one of the few, I'm one of the few people who, like, legit solid in theaters yeah like, yeah let's go see this vampire thing because i'm a role player and vampire the masquerade is a thing and mm-hmm. we were all vampire players when we were teenagers so we we're like yeah let's go see this weird goofy vampire movie and we <laughs> died we just it's just oh, we we're like oh we know that finish. guy and that guy and that guy mm-hmm. oh my god this is so much fun because it's oh, 
It's so good. And also the TV show is really, really funny. It is. Yeah. The show is great too. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, so I, I guess I, I'm a fan of his, you know, I just like his other work and that's part of what keeps me coming back, but I thought it was well made. And, and as you stated, I think there was a lot that I probably missed. So I want to revisit it for that reason too. Yeah. Um, I, I need to re- uh, I want to definitely revisit because I just want to watch Scarlett Johansson be that character. Oh, yeah. Her as Rosie is just, I mean, the kid does a great job, but I mean, no offense to, to, the, the, to the actor who, who plays Jojo. You, kids can only do so much with their <laughs> yeah. roles. So you have to look to the adults to really get a lot of the super nuance. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just Rosie and Captain K's performances of just what they have to work with. So good. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the best I've ever seen Scarlett Johansson do. And like, that's probably why she's up for an Oscar for this and Marriage Story. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that, um, that doesn't happen often when you're, no. you know, nominated for two different movies in a year. So, yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. is a really good performance. I agree. I feel like... I probably appreciated it even more as we were talking about it, which is why I like doing this. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, yeah. What's your elevator pitch for this movie? You know, Taika Waititi mentioned Ooh. that it's not exactly the easiest uh, sales pitch idea. It's probably why <laughs> he marinated on it since 2011. What What's your elevator pitch for this movie? Uh problem is for a movie like <laughs> this, and the way the way since I know I have 2020 hindsight, right? I've already right, seen right. the movie. I'd probably have to go a little more straightforward with it. Is, do you want to see a movie about a 10-year-old um, uh, Hitler youth with an imaginary AF Hitler friend? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, the problem is I have, to, if, if, I have to see it like that because they would go, mm, no. If they go, mm, no, okay, they're probably not going to get it that get it like from Jump Street because – it does take a little while to get kind of used to the movie, but I think they did a really good job at the first act of making it funny enough that it immediately charms you. Yeah, the fact that it's you not realize, really oh, him. it's a little bit of a farce. Yeah. This is a farce. Right. This is a little bit of a farce. This is a little bit. Of, this is satire. Mm-hmm. Um, but if somebody says, "Hmm, that seems interesting," if they're even the mile a little bit curious, you know, you can get them by this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie will drag them in, kicking and screaming. <laughs> it's very like. Uh, you know, the humor we mentioned earlier, it's a lot like Mel Brooks, I think. I would also compare it a little bit to, like, Monty Python. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's something that bit. you don't see a lot anymore, so I think that's another draw, at least for me, um, um, this type of satirical humor. When you mentioned Mel Brooks at the beginning, I was like, oh, you're right, the comedy is... It's not as over-the-top as Mel Brooks was, but it's definitely strong, powerful satire. Yeah, it's biting it's, social it, commentary. And despite it's the biting fact that, commentary yeah. wrapped up in this nuggety, chocolatey comedy mm-hmm. of like, look how ridiculous this guy's. Guys, let's let's all let's all look at how ridiculous this is. Mm-hmm. These boys are just in summer camp. That's all they're doing. Right. Yes, they're training for war, but this is just summer camp to them. Yeah, it's like, but they're ten. Yeah, but they're ten. Yeah, it's kind of in the same way that I think like Blazing Saddles, you know, was set in a time period, but it was obviously social commentary of what was happening at the time. So I think this movie is the same. It's like I've seen the criticism that it's telling a story that already happened, but I don't think so. I do think that for whatever reason, we as human beings tend to digest stuff easier when it's in the past because we can be like, oh, obviously that was bad. But yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, human beings have this terrible habit of going, 
of having very short memories for as yeah. smart as we are, <laughs> of going, eh, that happened in the past. I don't need to learn those lessons anymore. I don't need to remember that stuff. I yeah. got my own stuff to deal with. And then they, they get following the same human traps again and again and again. Um, and that's why movies like this are important. That's people. That's why stories that Taika Waititi is telling is very important mm-hmm. because Taika Waititi is really much coming up to be sort of a wonder kid, a wonder kid of <laughs> cinema. Yeah. Um, and and I'm 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 intrigued to whatever he has to put his hands on in the future. I agree. Like I heard somebody say one time, and I don't want to say anything negative about this filmmaker, but. Somebody said, oh, he's like, this was on Twitter, so of course it's Twitter. Twitter can be it's Twitter, uh, a terrible yes. place. But somebody was like, he's like a dollar store version of uh, Wes Anderson. And I'm like, you really need to watch Ooh. some of those other movies if you believe that. Because it's, yeah, you need to watch, not. well, you need to watch <laughs> a lot of more Taika Waititi and a lot more Wes Anderson. A- Amen. Yes, they yes. have a little <laughs> bit of a similar aesthetic, but they're so different. Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't want to insult either one of them because, but 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 everything about that—that's amazing. Everything you said was just wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, wow. Oh, and speaking um, of that, that's I bonus question, I guess. What do you think about uh, him possibly doing a Star Wars feature? Uh, I think though. <laughs> okay, I've got Star Wars thoughts. I have so many Star Wars thoughts. Oh gosh. Um, I'm okay with. I'm 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 happy for him to do it. It's just I think they need to let let Star Wars lie mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Just right before they start chill. like another trilogy. Chill. What do you think of the yeah. episode he directed? Do you have you seen the Mandalorian episode? Yes, I've seen yeah. all the. Mandal- Which episode did he direct? I forgot. Uh, the last one. Oh, oh, it was brilliant. I love yeah. it. Yeah. See that kind of. I was like, yep. I have Loved faith it. in him, but I get what people are saying. But then with that last episode, I was like, well, you know, he's. He can do different things, and he was he also the robot um, that was the, the killer robot turned good robot that was voiced yeah. by him as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. he. Uh, that's right. You're right. I forgot he was voiced by him. Yeah. He's such a talented dude. I know. He's he so talented. Is. I mean, this is just like a a praise, you know, hour and a half or whatever we spent here. But, <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, I agree is with the you. best. I think, I think this movie. I think I can understand. I mean. Anytime you see a movie about Hitler, especially if it's supposed to be funny, I think it's okay to have a moment of pause and go, do I want that? But yeah, I will say no. that once you see it, I don't I don't think you're going to walk away with the, the message you thought it was going to be. I think it's definitely yeah. more complex and yeah. nuanced um, than, than even I think some of the reviews give it credit for. So this, and yeah. this is a type of movie that I feel that even if you're a little apprehensive about it, you should watch it mm-hmm. because this is the this is art. Yeah. Art challenges you. Yeah. Art, that's a good art point. asks quite difficult questions. Sometimes that the, you don't like the ugly truth on the other side, or, or sometimes it's a truth that is actually really good and you need to hear it. Mm-hmm. But it's wrapped up in so much, so much pain yeah. that you have to get past it. And he does a great job, as we've said like f- four million times. He <laughs> Hopefully uses he comedy to, and he's to, like, to, I to love he, this show. <laughs> Yeah, he uses it. He uses the comedy to make the medicine go down. Yep, and just I, like Mary that's Poppins. That's what you, y'all. Yeah, yeah. You need to <laughs> take your medicine, and you need to watch the movie. But it will be an enjoyable experience when you do, mm-hmm. um, because that's what you need to do when you're faced with uh, actual art. Yeah, I agree. Well, 
Matthew, this has been really fun. I'm glad yeah. you picked this movie. I always love coming on. To- I love talking about movies. I don't get to talk about <laughs> movies enough. Well, good. You need to come on more then. You need to start. Thinking yeah, actually, about I thought about episode. another movie we should totally do in the future. Yay. Uh, we should totally do Grand Budapest Hotel. Ooh, I love that movie. Okay, I've seen I'm it gonna, so many times. It's so your, good. I'm going to write a pencil you in. I've been. Yay. Usually, like, when a guest comes on and they say, like, hold this movie for me, like, with very few exceptions, I'm able to, so. Grand yeah. Budapest Hotel. Budapest Another Hotel. very I, pretty movie. So you're really Another into very these pretty movie that uh, and are cinematic. Also dealing with war. Hmm? Also dealing with war. That's true. Mm-hmm. A theme that comes up a lot also at the uh, the Oscars. Okay. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> So uh yeah. So thank you so much for coming on and um I hope to have you back soon. No, I I'm I had a blast. Thank you very much for having me on. Again, I love talking about movies and uh I'm 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 I can't wait to the future one. I'm I'm excited. Nice. And plug your podcast one more time. Yeah, so my podcast is Polyhedron. You can look it up um, pretty much on any uh podcatcher of your choice, Polyhedron Podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash polyhedron or metahedron studios slash polyhedron. Uh, that is my main website and my Patreon page, respectively. Um, again, we are an RPG discussion podcast, so if you like tabletop RPGs, you need to come check us out. We've been doing a lot of good stuff. We've got interviews coming down the pipe and a couple more actual plays, so you enjoy all of that. Awesome. Sounds like a lot of content. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, have a good one. Thank you for coming. You too. Well, thank you very much. Bye. Bye.